Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Barely Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Dobius, here bringing you the Week 4 recap episode. What a week it was. Uh, it, there was a, a lot of good fantasy performances. I would say it's almost the exact opposite of what we saw in Week 3, because Week 4, we actually saw some fantasy-relevant players do what they're supposed to do, like Saquon Barkley, like Derrick Henry, like Pat Mahomes. Like They are... They finally perform to our expectations. And uh, yeah, so with this episode, I'm going to be talking about some injury updates, injuries that occurred on Sunday's games, and then I'm going to bring you my waiver signings. Uh, after that, I got a little segment at the end if we got time. It's just five things we learned. It's just five things that that uh, I think is worth mentioning. It might not be fantasy related, but it is definitely NFL related. Uh, things that we learned from Sunday's games. So let's start out with the injury update. The first player that we need to talk about is Logan Thomas. He suffered a hamstring injury early on in the game. Uh, he is week to week, his injury. Uh, it's, uh, I expect him to miss week five. I expect him to, and a uh, majority of NFL analysts expect him to miss at least one week with that hamstring injury. So kind of unfortunate there because he's actually been uh, one of the better tight ends this season. Uh, but yeah, we will uh, be missing Logan Thomas for this week. Luckily, if you uh, stick with us later this episode, I might talk about a tight end to pick up. Uh, so so you got we got some backup options for you. Um, next player, David Montgomery, running back for the Chicago Bears. He suffered a knee injury in the second half of last Sunday's game. Uh, fortunately, uh, it appears that he avoided an ACL tear but the severity of this injury is still unclear at this time, so we don't know how many weeks he's going to miss, if any. Uh, so we will keep you updated throughout the week. The next player is Teddy Bridgewater, quarterback for the Denver Broncos. He left the game with concussion. He's questionable for week five. Uh, to me, that definitely has an impact on uh, the Broncos receivers because Drew Locke is now the quarterback. I trust Teddy Bridgewater a lot more than Drew Locke. So uh, we'll we'll definitely be talking about this this quarterback um, issue in uh, later this week in the week five preview. So make sure to check that out. Speaking of quarterbacks, we have Jimmy Garoppolo, the quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. He suffered a calf injury. He is expected to miss multiple weeks. This means that Trey Lance will be the starting quarterback. I will be talking about him later on in this episode. He may or may not be in the waiver signings. Uh, yeah, he looked, he looked all right. He looked all right. Again, I'll be going into detail about, about Trey Lance and, uh, expectations for him later in this episode, but Jimmy Garoppolo potentially missing multiple weeks with a calf injury. Will Fuller, he left the game with a hand injury last Sunday. He is considered week to week with that hand injury. Uh, it's not like you were planning on starting him anyway, but it's just important to mention because that opens up, uh, the door to, I, I guess, more. The, po the possibility of more targets for Jalen Waddle and Devontae Parker, who Devontae Parker had a very good week last week against the Colts. The final player on the injury list, I was contemplating whether or not I should put him on this list. Uh, that is Amari Cooper. He left the game briefly with a hamstring injury, but he returned soon after, and he played the rest of the game. Uh, I, I expect him to rest uh, a, couple of, uh, a couple of practices. Maybe he'll be limited in some practices, but uh, yeah, just just warning you, that's probably what's going to happen. So if you see a questionable mark tag uh, for Amari Cooper, don't worry about that. 
Um, again, if there's anything that pops up, if there's anything to be concerned about, we will let you know in these later episodes. So uh, definitely look forward to that. That is it for the injuries. I am going to move on to probably my favorite segment, uh, and that is top waiver signings for this week. Uh, I got two in each category except for tight ends. I only got one. Let's start out with the quarterbacks. Sam Darnold for the Carolina Panthers. He is probably, actually not probably, he is my top quarterback to pick up for this week. In a good matchup, Darnold can perform as a top 10 quarterback. I mean, you could say top five as well. Just last Sunday, he finished as the quarterback two. And then the Sunday before that, in week three, he finishes the quarterback five. He's thrown for over 300 yards in each game for the last three weeks. He has four rushing touchdowns in the last two games as well. Even though Darnold, he has some issues with turnovers, for example, three interceptions in the last four games. He has enough upside to not only have a good performance, but he can possibly win you a week like last week. Uh, Darnold, he's only owned in 19% of redraft leagues, uh, but he's going to be the uh, a hot commodity for... Uh, for on that waiver list so um definitely you you might need to spend a little bit extra for him but on a good matchup he he's up there with uh with some of the best which is kind of crazy to say so they're starting to figure things out in carolina even though they lost uh it's still they still had some very good fantasy performances moving on to the next quarterback i've talked about him earlier in this episode that is trey lance for the san francisco 49ers uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, like I said, he's expected to miss multiple weeks, making Trey Lance the starter until further notice. Uh, this is a risky pickup, I would say, uh, just because rookie quarterbacks of this season, they have not had any good fantasy performances. Uh, as a matter of fact, Trey Lance's performance this last Sunday was the best fantasy performance out of any rookie quarterback this season. That's over Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, uh, Davis Mills, Justin Fields, Trey Lance actually scored more points uh, than any of the, any of those quarterbacks that are named in a single week. So he has very good mobility. Uh, I've talked about him a lot in the offseason. Uh, I've compared his potential to Cam Newton, prime Cam Newton. Uh, not, not the Patriots' Cam Newton, but the Panthers' Cam Newton. Uh, I think Trey Lance, I mean, he, he's built like Cam Newton as well. If you look at height and weight, very similar. Uh, he obviously has a long way to go before reaching this potential, but he has that high upside, uh, and he has arguably the best weapons out of any rookie quarterback this season. Uh, I know that's kind of a hot take. Is that a hot take saying that Trey Lance has the best weapons out of any rookie quarterback? I mean, the bears have Robinson Mooney, uh, which is good Patriots, I guess, got a system that works, but like. Trey Lance has George Kittle, Debo Samuel, who's like the number two fantasy receiver this season, and Brandon Ayuk, who I guess at times can be excellent. Anyway, uh, that that question is up for debate, but but Trey Lance uh, has tremendous upside. He has made some rookie mistakes, which is, I mean, that's what's going to happen to rookies. Uh, it's very rare where a, a rookie quarterback is just going to immediately. Um, you know, blow you out of the water in their first game starting. So, yeah, Trey Lance, though, I, I think he has a lot of potential. Um, if I had to go with a rookie quarterback, I think I would go Trey Lance just because I I think his upside is higher than anybody else's as of right now. Uh, he's playing Arizona next week, so it's going to be uh, – he's going to throw it. 
he's going to need to throw it, but that's an explodable defense, so I, I think he's going to have a uh, a solid week. Again, we'll talk about Trent Lance later on uh, in, in future episodes in the Week 5 preview. But bit of a risk, but I really uh, I really like his potential. So let's move on to running backs. Let's talk about Kenneth Gainwell, fifth-round running back for the Philadelphia Eagles. Gainwell might actually finish this season with more fantasy points than Miles Sanders, the starting running back. Uh, Gainwell currently has more fantasy points already. He's the number 25 running back for the season. He's a really good receiving back. He clearly has an important role on this offense. He's utilized every game. Gainwell also has two touchdowns. Miles Sanders has zero. Gainwell has more targets, more receptions, more receiving yards. Uh, He's going to be a very decent flex option for uh, the remainder of the season. I see him having similar roles to that of uh, Naeem Hines, J.D. McKissick, um, players like that, where there's going to be off weeks, but then there's going to be weeks where they can uh, be some top, uh, have some top performances. So, yeah, uh, Kenneth Gainwell, I mean, the Eagles did not have a good run game last week, um, but, you know, Jalen Hurts was the leading running back with 47 yards. Kenneth Gainwell, though, three carries, 31 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, he he also had six receptions for 58 yards. When Miles Sanders, he had seven carries, 13 yards, three receptions for 34. Uh, so yeah, Kenneth Gainwell is just playing better uh, than Miles Sanders. So we can see more, probably some more opportunities given uh, to him. I guess I guess throughout the next couple of weeks. So we'll we'll see what happens next week against Carolina Panthers. That's a pretty tough defense, but yeah, they uh they kind of got in, embarrassed by Dallas. So we'll we'll see. Um, moving on to the next running back. No, it's not Michael Carter, even though I was tempted to put him in this list. Once again, he had another great week. He's still not owned in, in more than 60% of leagues, but I, I just, I feel like it would be a cop out to put him in three, uh, weeks in a row. So Michael Carter's a honorable mention, I guess, but the next running back is Damian Williams for the Chicago bears. Now with David Montgomery potentially being out multiple weeks with a knee injury, uh, Damian Williams will be the next in line. There really isn't any competition because uh, Cohen's still on the uh, PUP list. You have, I guess, Khalil Herbert as the next in line to compete with Williams. Yeah, no competition. there. So Damian Williams, if Montgomery does miss time, is going to be the clear cut number one. Uh, we saw last Sunday that Williams is capable of scoring fantasy points. Um, again, he's not going to blow you out of the, out of the water with talent, but his opportunity, uh, and his volume might be enough. So Damian Williams last week, eight carries 55 yards and a touchdown. Um, yeah. So if, if Montgomery misses some time, which I expect him to miss at least one week, Damian Williams should be a, a solid option because that injury that Montgomery had, I mean, it looked painful. So I'm glad it wasn't an ACL tear, but they are going to hold out Montgomery for probably one or two weeks at the least. Damian Williams is going to be the guy. Let's move on to the wide receivers. We have Jamison Crowder, the wide receiver for the New York Jets. Uh, in Crowder's first game this season, uh, he led the team in targets and receptions. He also had a receiving TD. Very good performance out of him. Earlier this season, uh, we saw decent fantasy performances from other Jets uh, slot receivers. Because Crowder was out, uh, players like Braxton Berrios scored double-digit points weeks one and two. Uh, Crowder 
is the starting slot receiver. Without a doubt, when he's healthy, he's going to see majority targets in almost every game. Uh, I really, really like the connection he had with Zach Wilson. Um, Yeah, when things click, when things are working out for the New York Jets, Crowder can can have a uh, some very good fantasy performances, especially in PPR leagues. Crowder's been that guy uh, for a couple of years now, where he's just a he's a very borderline fantasy starter, I guess even fantasy player. Uh, he's borderline rosterable because he just I mean he's he's on the Jets. When things don't work for the Jets, Crowder ends up with like one target for zero yards. You know, like it just. When it's bad, it's really bad. But when things work out, like we saw last game when when the Jets beat the Titans 27-24 in overtime, Crowder, man, seven receptions, 61 yards and a touchdown. I mean, you could do the math right there. If you're in a PPR half-point PPR league, like that's really good. Like that's like wide receiver three numbers. If you put him, he that that's like one of the best flex performances this week. So Jamison Crowder, I think, is at least worth rostering uh, because if this hot streak continues for the New York Jets, Crowder is most likely going to get majority targets, which leads to majority receptions, which means fantasy points for your team. Moving on to the next and final wide receiver on this list, that is A.J. Green for the Arizona Cardinals. Since week two, I've thought about putting A.J. Green on this list. Every time, though, I was like, ah, let's see if he can just keep it up, right? Let's let's see if he can stay consistent. I'm going to wait till he does it again. And then he did it again. And then I was like, ah, I just don't feel comfortable putting AJ Green on this list. I don't want him. I, I just, nothing sounds good about AJ Green. And then he performs good again. And then again. So now I've got to swallow my pride. I'm going to admit that AJ Green is fantasy relevant once again. Uh, he's averaging about 13 points per game. He led the Cardinals last week in receptions. He was tied for most receiving yards with DeAndre Hopkins uh, for the Arizona Cardinals. Um, yeah, the Cardinals offense might be the best in the NFL, uh, and that makes anybody and everybody fantasy relevant. I mean, you, you can look at what they did last week. They're, it, it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. There were two running backs that were fantasy relevant. Both James Conner and Chase Edmonds had very good weeks. A.J. Green had a really good week. DeAndre Hopkins had a good week. I mean, disappointing for Hopkins standards, but like, I'm not going to be upset with 11 points. So, yeah, it's really, the Cardinals offense as a whole can be be deadly. So, A.J. Green has been been a big part of that. I mean, he got that touchdown last Sunday and, you know, most receptions, like I said. So, yeah, he's worth rostering. Uh, I don't know how comfortable I would be putting him in my starting lineup, but if you have players like DJ Chark, who's out for the season now, yeah, he could be a decent replacement. So uh, Cardinals play 49ers next week. That could be a good matchup. Uh, then they play Cleveland Browns. So it's, it's it's not great the next two weeks, but in three weeks, week seven, they play the Houston Texans, and that's when uh, that's when I will tell you to start A.J. Green. So uh, pick him up now before it's too late. Moving on to the final player on the waiver signings, and it's a player that I am very, very happy about. This was a player last week uh, that I had on this list. That's Dawson Knox. 
the tight end for the Buffalo Bills. Now, last week, he was only owned in 11% of leagues, uh, and I said that he's been putting up consistent points each week, and I said that he is an end zone target for the Buffalo Bills, plus they have a very good matchup against the Houston Texans. Well, I don't want to toot my own horn. Actually, I love doing that. I love bragging. Dawson Knox, I was so right about him. So he's he's only owned in 20% of leagues, so I know he's still available. He finished as the second-best tight end this week. Now he's up to the fifth-best for the season. I don't need to do much convincing. I mean, he has four TDs in the last three games. He's averaging 13 points per game. I think that his stats just speak for itself. So uh, he should be a top target for those of you struggling in the tight end position. If you did not spend big on the top tight ends like Hawkinson, like Kelsey, Kittle, Waller, Andrews, all of that, Dawson Knox is worth a roster spot because there's players like Tyler Higby who's been very inconsistent. Um, there's players like, like I guess uh, I'm trying to think of other tight ends that I'm drawing a blank on. Uh, there's there's a lot of tight ends that are you know, Mike Gesicki, Noah Fant, Hunter Henry that were drafted ahead of him. But Knox is just outperforming all of them. Knox should at least be on your roster. And then you could play a matchup until Knox, you notice Knox stays consistent and is scoring 10 plus points per game. So, yeah, just pick up Dawson Knox. He should be a top target for those of you who are even thinking about upgrading your tight end position. So, uh, that is it for the top waiver signings. Uh, I got a little segment here. It's called Five Things That We Learned. Uh, I just kind of took away five talking points uh, from Sunday's games. Um, The first thing, Taylor Heineke. I put down he's a legit quarterback, and he can be a streamable option for you in fantasy. Now, I was almost tempted to put him on the waiver signing list, and I probably should have because this man is, is looking... Very good. 290 passing yards last game. Three TDs. Uh, I, it was just so fun watching him. Like He looked really good. Uh, he finished as of right now after Sunday's games. Finished as the fifth best quarterback for the week. Uh, 13th best for the season. This man's legit. And the only reason why he's 13th best is because he didn't get the start week one. That's the only reason. Like He would be even higher. He'd be in the top 10 if he started week one. So, yeah, uh, Heineke, man, he's looking like a legit quarterback option for Washington. I mean, it was a close game against the Atlanta Falcons, but even though it was a close game, I was very impressed with the way Heineke played. So they are now playing uh, the Saints in week five, and this is going to be a very, very fun game to watch just because I want to see what Taylor Heineke can do uh, against a, an above-average defense. Uh, moving on to the next thing that I learned, I put Mac Jones. Mac Jones can be very, very good. I said might be. I said might be very, very good because he he outperformed Tom Brady. In that Sunday night matchup, Brady versus Belichick, the Buccaneers versus the Patriots, Tom Brady, 22 for 43, 269 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. Mac Jones, 31 for 40, 275 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. I mean, Mac Jones looked very good last game. I mean, like, I, you can say that, like, oh, he, the, the weather, you know, he, he 
looked really good considering the weather and all that. I'm not, I'm not going to talk about that. I don't like talking about how weather affects the game, even though it does. I think that's a cop out. Just overall, if you watch the game and look how Mac Jones played, he was managing uh, the game very well. I it's very rare to see a quarterback that looks better in a no huddle <laughs> than that a quarterback that looks, you know, just like standard. I don't know in, in a huddle, I guess is the way you say it. But like Mac Jones that he proved to me that like, give him a couple years and he's going to be a top quarterback in the NFL. I, I was so impressed from him, even though they lost, they, they, they were in it until the end. Until Falk missed the uh, the field goal, so yeah, really, Mac Jones, shout out to him. In, in a game that was highlighted of of Brady versus Belichick, which honestly, no, I don't think anybody won over the other between Brady and Belichick. Uh, I think that Belichick did a very good job shutting down Brady, uh, and Brady performed just uh, good enough to get a win. I think my takeaway from that game was Mac Jones is looking very good. His potential is so high. He he just fits this Patriots system. Uh, the next thing, the New York Giants. They actually have some potential this season. Now, the Giants just got their first win in overtime against the New Orleans Saints. Giants are now 1-3, but listen, Daniel Jones, top five quarterback this, this season. Saquon Barkley, in, in what I would say is his first game truly healthy 13 carries 52 yards a touchdown also five receptions 74 yards and a touchdown i mean he had that the game winning rushing touchdown in overtime also the giants were missing two of their receivers darius slayton and sterling shepherd sterling shepherd was their best receiver heading into this week kenny galladay stepped up six receptions 116 yards Kadarius Tony, the rookie who before this game had negative four receiving yards, six receptions, 78 receiving yards. John Ross stepped up, three receptions, 77 yards, and a touchdown. The, the, to me, this game, the Giants showed me that if when things are working, they can actually be a good NFL team. I mean, their defense does need some work, but. You know, they gave up 120 rushing yards to Elvin Kamara, but, you know, it was that they, they got the win, and they impressed me. They really did. So, with with Washington looking good, with the Giants looking good, and with the Eagles that I'm going to be talking about shortly, man, the, the NFC East team just got very exciting, or the division just got very exciting, excuse me. Uh, Giants play Cowboys next week. This is a game to watch. I, I know that the records are reversed, 3-1 for the Cowboys, 1-3 for the Giants, but this is going to be a close game if, if, if things are, are clicking for the Giants, if they keep up this momentum. Giants can actually stay in it and, and potentially beat the Dallas Cowboys. I'm, I'm loving this Giants offense right now. It's so fun to watch. Anyway, uh, next takeaway from week five, or week four, excuse me, uh, I said, it's time to worry about the Tennessee Titans. I think we need to start hitting that panic button. Tennessee Titans just suffered a loss 24-27 against the New York Jets. Ryan Tannehill is uh, having his worst career as a uh, worst season as a Tennessee Titan. 
Um, Derrick Henry is the only, I guess, good thing that's coming out of Tennessee this season. Julio Jones has looked all right, but without Julio, I'm not confident in this Titans team. And and they showed it. Like, their defense is so bad. Their defense is so bad that they allowed Zach Wilson to throw for almost 300 yards and two touchdowns. So, yeah, I, I'm hitting the panic button for Tennessee. They're 2-2 two and two right now. They were, I, I would say, by far the, the favorites to lead the AFC South. And while they still are, am I confident in them winning this division? Not, not really, not as much as I used to be. So, yeah, moving forward, I'm, uh, I'm getting a little nervous. I mean, they played the Jaguars, and in order for me to get my confidence back, it needs to be a blowout. Like, it needs to be, like, Bills Texans-style, 40-0 blowout with Derrick Henry 200 rushing yards for me to be like, okay, this is, this is just Tennessee just had an off week. But if it's another close game, even if the Titans win, I'm going to start worrying. Because if, if, they, if they can't beat the Jets and if they can barely beat the Jaguars, yeah, I'm, I'm going to panic. I'm going to panic about Tennessee. So Because uh, they after that, they have a very tough schedule. They play the Buffalo Bills. Then they play the Kansas City Chiefs. Then they play division rivals in the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, so yeah, next week is a must win for the Titans. Oh, and the Rams after that. Holy crap. And then the Saints. Man, ne- next week is really a must win uh, for the Tennessee Titans. Otherwise, it is, it is panic time. And kiss your playoff chances goodbye. Um, so yeah, very unfortunate for the Titans. Let's end on a good note. Let's talk about the Eagles. I said I was going to bring them up. This is the last, uh, last thing in the five things we learned. Uh, I said Jalen Hurts and the Eagles should not be upset. I think their performance against the Kansas City Chiefs was solid. Uh, it was admirable. They lost 42-30 to 30 in a very exciting game. Uh, Eagles fall to 1-3, and three, uh, which is very unfortunate because I think they, they played really good, especially Jalen Hurts. I, I think that we need to give Jalen Hurts uh, a, a lot of credit here. Um, they looked bad the week before in that Monday night football game against the Cowboys, uh, but they turned things around. Yeah, they, they didn't have a good run game at all, but their passing game, their quick screens were, were very nice. Uh, Jalen Hart's 387 passing yards, two TDs, uh, 47 rushing yards. They also were missing four out of their five offensive linemen. Four out of their five starters were gone, and they put up 30 points. Hurts throwing for almost 400 yards. So, yeah, I, I, I think that, uh, I think that there's there's a lot of good things that came out of this Philadelphia game, uh, and I think it's it's focused around Jalen Hurts and the passing offense, which is very good to say, because last year, what were we saying? There are no good Eagles receivers. Now you have players like Devonta Smith, who I'm just I'm so happy for. I mean, his his performance last week, seven receptions, 122 receiving yards. Very impressive out of him. Uh, both tight ends were involved. Goddard with the touchdown. There's players that I think are just waiting to break out. That's Quez Watkins, three receptions, 33 yards, but he's utilized in this offense to where, like, 
on a good day, Quez Watkins can score 20 fantasy points. Like they have potential. This offense is looking very exciting. Uh, they just need a little bit more time. So, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't, uh, realize that this segment was going to be me talking about the NFC East this entire time, but yeah, this is, this is becoming one of my favorite divisions to watch. So very much looking forward to that. Uh, speaking of looking forward to things, uh, next episode is going to be the week five preview. So get ready for that. That's going to be coming out later, a little bit later this week. We're going to be going over each game, talking about who to start, who to sit, all of that fun stuff. Uh, if you want to see the waiver signings in written format, make sure to check out our website, barelyathletic.com. Uh, if you want to see uh, some fun social media posts, make sure to check out our Instagram, which is at barely underscore athletic. Check out our TikTok and YouTube. It is at barely athletic. Uh, we post videos there three times a week. Uh, players to pick up, players to drop, players to start, players to sit, all that fun stuff. Uh, so make sure to check that out. Give us a follow, give us a like, comment what you want to see next. Thank you once again for listening, and we'll see you next time.